1: All right, everybody. It's our second hour. We roll all the way till three o'clock here on the Big Talker 1700. Uh, we're headed to Chicago right now. Steve Greenberg is our guest, Chicago Sun Times. He comes to us, of course, on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Steve, good afternoon. Anything uh, going on in Chicago today?
2: No, nothing at all. <laughs> happy family as always. One big happy family.
1: <laughs> Steve, uh, kind of break down what. What you got out of this, and now with Montero after his comments and the response then by Rizzo, and then the quick demotion today.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting. It, it, Montero, is, I'm sure your listeners know, is, was DFA, designated for assignment. He won't be with the Cubs anymore. There's no, uh, There will be no bringing him back. So that, that marriage is over, and uh, there's certainly, you know, uh, after he – out, A lot of people would, would call it out of turn, inappropriate, uh, what have you, that the Cubs clearly see it that way to, to criticize Arietta as he did after last night's game. Um, but there's different ways to look at it. You know, this is not a, a cut-and-dried thing by any means because, for one thing, Montero was accurate with what he said. That shouldn't be ignored. Uh, Jake Arietta really is, uh, you know, a... a Lesser version of himself than he was, of course, last season, let alone the season before when he was unhittable. He's got a lot of things to work out, but he has gotten even slower to the plate. He was slow to the plate to begin with. I saw a stat that was really interesting that base stealers, I don't know how far back it goes. Maybe it goes back this season and last. Something like that uh, uh, had, had successfully stolen 85% of the time uh, off Arietta. So he's got a really slow delivery, and, and you know Montero has trouble throwing the ball. But but where I blame Miggy is that he has um he you know he's, he has a hard time hiding his uh, personal frustrations in regard to playing time and things like that. He he uh, was frustrated with how much he played in all last season, uh, and, and even during the playoffs and during the World Series. So you know, and he let that be known a few times, and he let it be known more times than it was reported. So uh, the Cubs know that you know he uh, could be that way. He he had that side uh, that is as was as close to disgruntled as you know really anybody got on the Cubs last season. He was still a good team guy, and I think the Latin players really uh, in this you know in general admired him on a, on a par with how. Uh, David Ross was kind of idealized by media last season. So Migny was an important guy, and he was good to Wilson Contreras after Contreras came to the Cubs and started taking uh, Montero's starts. But he also could be salty and a bit selfish, and um, I guess the Cubs have had enough of that. He acted out yesterday certainly you know more dramatically than he had to, to that point.
3: the Cubs had a 10-game lead, would this be going down the way that it is right now?
2: Uh, I would think not. That's a great question. Uh, I, I, I would, I would think, not. Um, and I don't know if Montero would have said anything, you yeah, know, yeah, uh,
1: yeah.
2: If that were the case, but uh, no, that's that's really right on. And, and I think there's a lot of tension there, a lot more than meets the eye. I think Joe Madden feels it. Mm-hmm. Everybody keeps saying, you know, it's a matter of time, but uh, we're we're basically halfway into the season, and the Cubs are uh, a. a Run of the mill team this year it doesn't mean they won't win their division, and and that you know anything couldn't happen in the playoffs from there. But um, injuries aside, you know the demotion of Kyle Schwarber, you, things like that uh, aside, they've just been a a real uh, they've left a lot to be desired as a baseball team. No no consecutive road wins, for example, in more than two months.
1: Right. I mean that's not a good team. No. No, it's not. Uh, well, before we get to Schwarber, just let me follow up then with, with your thoughts. After sure. what took place and they finally win a World Series, and when the spring came, everybody was excited, and then they just sort of muddled through April, is it, I think people were just, well, they're going to kick it into gear here. And then they got into May. Well, just they're they're starting to rev it up. And now we're into June, almost july and nothing has really changed i know the fan base doesn't turn because of what took place last year but do you get the sense of high disappointment in the windy city
2: well i i I don't think it's there yet i mean imagine what it could be like if they actually don't win the division and and, you know certainly no no team from that division has a chance at the wild card this year so if they miss the playoffs i think it would be Really, sort of shocking and appalling, and and, and that there'd be um, much more negative reaction than there has been to this point. And and but you know there's anxiety, and and you know it would be it would be one thing if they were kind of playing well and having bad luck, but they've trailed in something like sixty of their games this season. Wow! You know they've just it, it's some unbelievable number. Um, so you know the the starting pitching has been. Uh, below average, although of late it's been a lot better. But, you know, you look at the individual starters, Arietta's been wildly up and down and Lackey, uh, you know, he's been better lately, but he got off to such a poor start. And, um, of course, Kyle Hendricks has been hurt. Brett Anderson, the pitcher they brought over was, you know, just had awful, uh, time of it in his, I think he made eight starts. So, um, you know, if the if pitching's bad. Uh, then where is the reason for uh, belief? Right? And I think that it's it's maybe you know what I keep hearing from from fans and from media as they look at the Cubs is people are sort of banking on uh, Theo Epstein being able to deal for whatever they need, mm-hmm. and that that will sort of save the season. Um, you know, obviously picking up Araldus Chapman last season paid, you know, paid dividends, but, uh, I don't think you can ban. I mean, I don't bank on that. Will they go out and get a starting pitcher who will sort of re- redefine, uh, the, the, the quality of the rotation? Well, that, I'm sure they'll try. Uh, they may well try to, you know, feel for someone to replace Montero. Uh, and, and they may feel they need other things than that. I don't know, but, um, there's no guarantees, you know, uh, right, right. when you're a buyer. There's no guarantees at all. And often you put yourself in a, you know, in a bind uh, going forward. You know, it's not, it, it is, it's not without risk.
3: Victor Carantini will get the call up here for the uh, big league squad. Having a breakout season with the I-Cubs this year. Uh, he's put together some monster numbers, not a fast guy by any means. He was uh, a third baseman when he first was uh, down there as a prospect. They moved to be catcher because didn't even have the foot speed to be a third baseman, but he's swinging it pretty well here. Uh, Twenty-three years old. Is this somebody that we've heard down here? I think is uh, maybe part of some long-term plans. But with Wilson Contreras in front of him, uh, is he somebody that you can place there as a backup catcher and then kind of see where the chips fall for the next couple years? Or is there still more out there they're looking at? If
2: he's the Cubs' backup catcher, he's going to get. You know, he's going to have some specific. Uh, role uh, playing role on the team and an important one. I mean, they they had three catchers last year and used them all. So, right, right.
1: Um,
2: you know, and Contreras has that sort of versatility where he can go to the outfield. He's even played third base. He's even played first base. You know, who knows? I, I think of Contreras as an elite defensive catcher. Certainly, athletically, he is, and he's still learning the position. You guys know he's. You know, he 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 only became a catcher uh, in in professional baseball. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's a young guy, so he has uh, learning to do. He has made some errors and you know things like that, uh, uh, overzealous throws here and there that end up in the outfield. But he's such an electric talent that I can't imagine he can hit and he can run. So I can't imagine that Contreras isn't locked in as the Cubs' number one uh, for the foreseeable future. But. You know, if you have a, a backup catcher, and let's say Caratini's the guy, and they liked him in the spring, they liked him a lot. Uh, you know, if he can hit, uh, if he can call a good game, if the pitchers like him, these veteran pitchers, you know, these, how he how he meshes with these vets is going to go a long way because Cubs have had such veteran catching the last couple of years with Montero and David Ross. Now you've got young guys um, who will need to learn from the from from the pitchers and. That's a different kind of dynamic. But if he can play, he will play. Uh, and if he's the backup, that's okay. I mean, they need one. They'll use him. Um, John Lester had a personal catcher last year.
1: Yeah. Montero
2: caught Arietta this year. Uh-huh. You know, my, Joe Madden likes to pair catchers with pitchers and stick with that. And so I'm sure Caratini will have his role.
1: Steve Greenberg is our ah. guest, Chicago Sun-Times. We're talking Cubs right now. On the Draft House 50 hotline. Okay, let's go then to Kyle Schwarber. Uh, apparently, sure. there are a lot of uh, Cubs personnel here in Des Moines uh, watching Schwarber and what he has done. couple hits last night, one hit in the uh, previous game. What is your sense on him, and do you still have the feeling that he is highly important to the Cubs organization,
2: yeah. I don't know if you know this, but I actually went. I was there for uh, Monday's game. Oh, you should have called uh, this at Principal Park, <laughs> and, uh, and and you know, yeah, right. He he just looked, uh, you know, he looked really bad in those first three at bats. Right. Looked a lot like he he he'd looked with the Cubs and granted, He was, you know, it's it, it's A, but we shouldn't ignore who he was batting against. It was a left-handed pitcher and and someone who's thrown exceptionally well. Uh, so, you know, hot pitcher, lefty-lefty, he looked bad, and then he got on his fourth at bat and, you know, uh, hit a, just an absolute rocket that somehow didn't leave the park. That's kind of what he was with the Cubs. When he hit it, he hit it out, or uh, hit it really hard and really far anyway, and, and otherwise he was kind of going down meekly. Um, if you look at Schwarber's career average, mm-hmm. granted, a large, large number of those at bats have come this season as he's hit one seventy, so you know take it for what it's worth, but his career average at the major league level is two oh seven
1: okay uh,
2: um, it feels like it should be much higher than that you know in the- tw- in the two thousand and fifteen playoffs, of course he had five homers, he hit three thirty three he hit four twelve in the World Series last year. I think that a lot of people still see him expect him to be. Um, you know, a really tough out—a guy who works counts—and you know he does walk a decent amount. But see him as this quality hitter that might be, uh, you know, above what he really is. Uh, at the, I mean, he is certainly a power hitter.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think he wants to be, uh, you know, uh, an average, a high average hitter, uh, and and you know, at times appears to have the eye to be just that, but he hasn't demonstrated it. At the major league level, he certainly did in the minors. Right, and I, I so you. I think the the potential is undeniable. Okay. Um, there aren't many guys like him. I mean, I, I I don't disagree with you know the observation you hear all the time, which is that you know, hey, he's a, I mean, he's a born American League DH. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he works hard in the field. I give him a lot of credit for coming back from that knee injury, right. and being suddenly in the outfield in the World Series. You know, I mean, he DH, but you know, he was shagging all these fly balls, working hard, and that's his, you know, was his spot this year. I think he's getting better as a player. He, you know, he might become uh uh a you know an average left fielder, which would be good enough. And he and I I, I think with time he becomes a better hitter, um, but he's got to work at it. He's has completely stopped hitting the ball the other way, for example. Uh when he's good, you know, he's hitting the ball in all directions. And so he's become kind of one-dimensional and there's lots of work to do. He might be, uh, he might be back with the Cubs right after the all-star break. uh, But, you know, he might not be ready, truly ready until next year. You know, who knows? He's he's still, I think he's 24. So it's a work in progress. Like they all are.
3: You know, Steve, last year, we continue to hear the, the line from the front office that Schwerber was untouchable. And, they wanted to have a young, controllable starting pitcher. They said that Schwarber was off the table. Did they misplay their hand?
2: Uh, it, it, it's possible. I mean, I still think Schwarber would, if you if you're talking about a trade piece, would be very, very valuable. Um, still, you know, and, and, and could could be uh, someone who is that's you know eventually dealt. I mean, he does um, make sense in the American League without a doubt. You know, he might make sense to another team as a first baseman. Well, the mm-hmm. Cubs don't need a first baseman. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, it's, it's, uh, it, I mean, last year he was a, he was, he was almost like a mythical figure, you know, for all these comparisons to Babe Ruth and, and other things like that. So, you know, maybe, uh, maybe he should have been a piece that they look to move. I don't know. They've got guys like that, whether it's Ian Happ, um, or, you know, uh, or even, I mean you know russell by or Baez you know they have undeniably they have pieces still that other organizations don't seem to have, and uh, Schwarber's just one of them you know I, I think he might be someone who inter- who would interest certain teams probably in the American League more than anybody else the Cubs might have to offer, but um I, I know they don't want to move him yet, and i mean i I do think they still believe highly in in him and consider him a- uh, a real piece of You know the heart of a lineup going forward. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't do him any favors. I don't think, in hindsight, that he, you know, was batting leadoff and all that. Right. He might have been. He might have done a lot better in a more traditional role for a power guy. But uh, I'm fascinated to see if and how quickly he gets his swing back and you know gets cooking again.
1: Well, Rizzo just kicked Ricky Henderson out of the record books. Now Rizzo proclaiming himself as the greatest leadoff hitter in the history of Major League Baseball for the for the few games that he did. I mean, that was pretty fun to watch, to be honest with you.
2: Fun to watch, and 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 you know, funny in a way. Yeah, but I do think that that Joe Madden. Um, you know he's uh, uh he likes to be different and he likes to be recognized for being different and some of it i think is is just silly you know yeah. it was silly it was silly it was argu- arguably uh irresponsible uh to do what he did with Chapman in the playoffs last year in the mm-hmm. world series yep. you know the way he looked away from certain relievers who'd been good all year and uh and and that was i thought not just quirky but you know, bad managing. Um, he didn't doesn't have an obvious leadoff hitter this year, and the Cubs probably realized more how much they missed that, what they had from Dexter Fowler. But it's not like you couldn't have said we're going to take. uh I mean, look at how John Jay and, and Albert Almora have pinched hit this year. Did the quality of their at bats? You know, you could platoon them in center, lead one of them off, or leave Zobrist off. A sw- you know switch hitter who plays most days. And and you can go with that and you can sort of you know make a lot of sense of it. And, and but instead he let Schwarber off and the offense never got on track. I think that's on Madden. Uh batting Rizzo in the leadoff position is fine if he's you know hitting balls out of the park and all that, okay. And it's kind of funny the start he got off to. I want Rizzo in the middle of the lineup driving in yeah. front. Mm-hmm. He's their best hitter. Put him down a few spots. I mean, I think it's obvious to me. I don't know why it's not obvious to, to Joe. Um but I do think it it in the big picture this this you know this uh uh fixation he's had on on doing something different at top of the lineup has cost them a lot of runs this season that's my take
4: anyway
1: uh Steve before we let you run the uh Chicago Bulls showcased the three new guys uh, yesterday uh along with head coach Fred Hoiberg. Are you in the they got fleeced camp, or are you in they needed to do a total breakdown and rebuild camp? And this is a decent start.
2: I'm in the same uh, you know frustration camp that I've been in with all things Bulls for a while because first of all, I don't look at it like they you know traded Jimmy Butler for Lowry, Markin, and and
1: right. and Levine
2: you know and, and 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 Levine and Dunn, even though that's what they did, but but. To me, they traded Butler in order to go a different direction, to rebuild. And I, and I think they probably needed to. They worked it, I, I, I don't view Butler as a piece around whom you construct a roster. Mm-hmm. I think Jimmy Butler is meant to be a great uh, complementary part, a great number two or a great number three, but, because he doesn't present something different as an offensive player and so you don't need to do anything different to defend him. These great teams have these incredible matchup advantages, so I, my hope for the Bulls is that Markkanen, a seven-footer who I think was the best shooter in the draft, becomes a piece that you, know, you just don't find around the NBA right. and that entire defenses are predicated on, and it is a huge matchup advantage. I think as an offensive prospect, I can picture a really excellent team you know, uh, being built around a piece like that, so I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, I think this is all about how marketing pans out. Much less so about Dunn and Levine and whoever else. If you, if, if marketing is as good as I think he could be, you know, and 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 I'm going to make that Dirk Nowitzki comparison because he's a seven footer who can shoot, but didn't have this dynamic looking, you know, athleticism, um, and yet was so crafty in how he could score. I, then then you've really got something. So it's, it, it, it's, you know, marketing or bust, as far as I'm concerned now, for, for Garpacks, who, you know, go figure how they uh, remain in charge on a seemingly <laughs> indeterminate basis, but that's the case.
1: I got you, pal. It's great to have you on the show, Steve. Thank you so much for your time. You have a great day.
2: Thanks, guys. You too. See Bye-bye. you now.
1: Steve Greenberg, Chicago Sun-Times on the uh, Cubs and also a little uh, conversation on the Chicago Bulls as well on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway yep. in West Des Moines. Uh, coming up at 140, Ben Kercheval will be our guest. CBS Sports will do a little college football. Jimmy B and TC, it's the Big Talker, 1700.
0: 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines. With Jimmy B and TC, noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG. Make history and celebrate the 4th of July by lighting up the sky with Bolino Fireworks. Fireworks are now legal in Iowa. Bolino Fireworks has been supplying the Midwest with quality products at the very best prices for over 35 years. Plus, at Bolino Fireworks, buy one, get
6: three free. Bolino Fireworks, find them in Ames in the hy V parking lot, 3800 Lincoln Way. Also, the Fairway parking lot, 3619 Stange Road. Also in Indianola, the Fairway parking lot, 1309 West 2nd Street. Bolino Fireworks, have a blast this 4th four- Fourth of July.
0: It's Iowa Cubs Game Day. Catch the Iowa Cubs versus the New Orleans Baby Cakes tonight at 7:08. Visit iowacubs.com for news, promotions, tickets and more. Iowa Cubs Baseball. Come for the fun, stay for the game. iowacubs.com.
7: It's Macy's 4th of July Mattress Sale with the lowest prices of the season from Sealy, Serta, Beautyrest, iComfort and more. Shop specials now through Tuesday. Plus, get free delivery and setup with a minimum mattress purchase of seven hundred eighty-seven dollars. Shop our stores, go to Macy's.com, or call one-eight hundred Macy Bed. Macy's Fourth of July mattress sale: savings off regular and sale prices. Exclusions apply.
1: Hey! I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school.
5: Summer isn't fun when you're hungry.
1: If only I had a big test today, or a book report to give. Give me a math quiz. Give me some homework.
5: If your child relies on free school lunches, we can help provide them with free meals this summer.
3: I'll stay after class. I'll clean the chalkboard. I'll keep my desk grill clean.
5: So they can stop worrying about food and start focusing on fun.
3: I'll do extra homework. I'll clean the class pet's cage. I'll skip recess.
5: School might end, but free lunches don't have to. I wish I was in school. I wish I was in school. If your child relies on free school lunches, we can help provide them with free meals this summer. Visit feedingamerica.org slash summer meals to find your local food bank for help. Once again, that's feedingamerica.org slash summer meals. Together, we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council.
6: See you soon.
0: Jim Brinson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 K BGG, live from the Wolf Construction Studio sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We roll all the way till 3 today, right here on the Big Talker 1700. Coming up about, whoa, 10 minutes from right now, uh, Ben Kirchival, CBS Sports. We'll do some college football conversation with Ben. So it's still going to be a good day. And then John Bonencamp on the Hawks coming up at, what, 220? 220, he'll be by. Kay. A
3: couple of things I want to hit on. And a story we're going to touch on a little bit later on. Uh, from College Football News, is Kirk Ferentz legendary? Mm, interesting thoughts on that okay. one. coming up in just a little bit. Right now we go out to the Drafthouse 50 hotline. Calling in at 264-1700, we have Jim on the line with us. Good afternoon, Jim. Hello. Hello, Jim. What's on your mind?
8: Oh, uh, am I on the air? Yes. Okay. Um, I think uh, the Chicago Cubs uh, would be best served, I thought, from the beginning of the year, as they were last year when they were going good with their best defensive lineup in there.
3: Defensively, they have taken a big step back.
8: And, and I know why, because they're not playing their best defenders. You know, I, as an example, in the outfield, I'd have John Jay playing every day in left, Elmora every day in center, Haywood when he's healthy every day in right, that measure up to be the best defensive backfield in uh, the majors.
1: It'd be very good. It'd be very good. You're right. You made <laughs> at, a very good point,
8: Jim. Yeah. And, uh, and as far as the infield goes, I would have um, uh, Bryant, of course, at third, mm-hmm. Rizzo at, at first, um, Russell at short, and Bias at second, mm-hmm. and uh, Happ uh, and, and Ben Zobris would be very good fill-ins off the bench. Um, um, uh Cotteras, uh, I wouldn't trade for any catcher in baseball.
3: He's good, yeah. He, he's rolling. and
8: uh, uh, Montero just doesn't have. He can't throw, throw anyone out over thirty one that speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. And last night, uh, Estelle was slow on a couple plays where uh, that Trey Turner got on. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was he was slow getting to the ball and slow releasing it.
1: Look, you made some very good points, Jim. We we've been talking about this about what the Cubs are doing, uh-huh. and if you're a hardcore Cubs fan, which I get the indication that you are, yes. in your mind, you did not expect this to be the case as we get to July, correct?
8: Uh, correct. I thought they would, uh, 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 after Schwarber was off to a slow start, send him down uh, far earlier than they did so he could work on his uh, on his swing.
3: And here we are. Hey, Jim. Good thoughts there. Appreciate you calling in. Join us anytime, all right?
8: Yeah, okay. And this is who? This is T C here. TC, I was talking to you on the phone, and th- uh, thank you very much for having me uh uh on the phone. You got we it, appreciate pal. It.
1: Thank you, Jimmy. Have a good day. There you go. Some thoughts on the Cubs.
3: You know, he and he brings up a, a real interesting point. You mean the defense thing? Defensively, because they took they've taken a huge step back. They have. They, they were it's not just that they their best defense in baseball last year. They were. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't close. The gap between them and second, it was a huge gap, and it was a historic anomaly. You knew they had to come back from what they were last year because we just don't see teams play defensively like they did last year. But it's not just that they've taken a step back and they're still one of the best. They're they're league average now, and, and there's been some boneheaded decisions. And it goes to something that Jim brought up there. So... These lineup shuffling, and we were talking to Steve Greenberg earlier this hour from the Sun Times, mm-hmm. and he was talking about, and this kind of triggered my mind. He mentioned Madden likes to be a little bit different. You know, Madden likes to be the goofball, where you are wearing suits on flights, you are bringing animals in, you are doing all these different sure, things. I get you. That's part of the personality, but it goes deeper than just that. It also gets into lineups, and that leads to things that have worked out well, like Anthony Rizzo. You know, the pitcher batting in the eighth spot as opposed to the ninth spot, different things that he does. But maybe at times he does get a little too cute. You know where I'm going? He uh,
1: outsmarts himself.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when you have a team that defensively has taken a step back, instead of mixing and matching all the time, and you got Bryant and left this game, and then you got Contreras out mm-hmm. there, and, and you're doing all these things, do what Jim said. How about we go a week, a week where we're going to play our best defensive outfield? And we're going to put Jay in left, Amor in center, Hayward in right. And we're going to go with that lineup for a week. And maybe we'll mix and match just in the infield a little bit because of Zobris, because of sure. Hap. But that's what we're going to do. But at the very least, we know for this week, we're going to have the best outfield defense in the National League. And we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. But it always seems like the tinkering is too much. And the endless tinkering. I was talking about this with Byron Buxton earlier in the show. Now, the Twins continually tinkering. And the tinkering that we've seen with Schwarber, and he's never been able to get with it. Right. Sometimes I think that can drive players crazy. Yeah, you want to break up the monotony of 162, but there's also a part of you U wants just getting a groove. And he got to figure it's got to be difficult for these guys. It's got to be difficult for Brian Going from third base, now you're playing outfield. Now you're moving all around. You're doing all these different things. Hey, just let me play third base for yeah. a week. Yeah. I don't want to play outfield. Just let me do what I am. I'm a third baseman. Let me play third base for the next seven days. And then we can go back to screwing her, You know, but there hasn't been that. No, There's been all these moving parts. Slow, simple it up. It's a good point from Jim. I, I it, thought
1: Jim said simplify. Yeah. That's what yeah. he's talking about. I, I always the always KISS system. I was just going to say, it always goes back to the military. K-I-S-S, the KISS system.
3: Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. And I think we, we might be getting to that point now with this Cubs team, mm-hmm. where simplicity might be the best thing for them. Montero's gone now. That that is not coming back. Caratini, I'm I'm excited to see what see he how hear. he does. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know it's interesting now. The Cubs, their two catchers now, are guys that did not begin professionally as catchers. Both Contreras and Caratini are right are two guys that started as infielders, and now here they are as major behind catchers. the plate. Yeah, and the other guy, Kyle Schwarber start as a catcher. As, yes, and now and he's no he's, longer a he's in
1: the outfield. No longer, <laughs> in the
3: Isn't it amazing how that happens? Baseball is a odd odd sport, Jimmy. It P. is. And uh this led to exactly what we talked about earlier. That's a reason that it's so much fun to watch because we, yeah. and talk about because it's not just it the it, simple, it changes, yes, yeah. constantly. Look, we
1: I, we we went back a couple of weeks back. I remember us uh bringing up Troy Percival, mm-hmm. who yep. was a terrific reliever with the Angels. Yes. He started as a catcher, mm-hmm. and he couldn't hit worth a damn, Yeah, and but he could throw guys out right. on any base. So one day, they put him in the bullpen and let him throw a little bit, and the dude's throwing 95. Right, <laughs> And so they worked with him in A ball, and the next thing you know, he's in the majors and turns out to be the Angels' go-to guy. He's their ninth inning
3: guy. That's Chris Jimenez is the uh the reliever to the relievers yeah, for the twins. Yeah. He's their backup catcher. Backup catcher. And their number nine guy out of the pen. <laughs> the Padres have had a two way player. Yeah. We're seeing more and more of that. We yeah. talked about that when the MLB draft was coming around. Mm-hmm. Uh it's baseball's a fun sport. It is. Jim, from, I'm going to get you back into from it. From that aspect, yeah. it, it really is. It really is. Well, we're going to go on the other side. A lot of baseball talk here in the first half of the show. We're going to get into some football. football. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk with Ben Kirchhoff, a around college football with him. John Camp also going to stop by. We'll talk Hawkeyes in the 2 o'clock hour. And the question, Kirk Ferentz, legendary? Is that a word that you would use? All to come here as we roll through. It's a Wednesday Jimmy B and TC on the Big Talker, 1700.
0: Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, Des Moines' savviest sports duo on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. Your Honor, I stand before you to prove that AT&T's two-year price guarantee is the ultimate all-included bundle experience. Order! I submit Exhibit A, DirecTV select all-included package with over 145 channels. Exhibit B, Monthly fees for Wi-Fi gateway, Genie HD DVR, and three additional receivers included. Objection! Overruled. Exhibit C, reliable high-speed internet and digital home phone to $480 for TV, $180 for internet, equipment, non return, and other facing conditions apply. Call for details. Offer ends Be the host with the most and get the most savings at the Home Depot's Red, White, and Blue Savings Event with up to forty percent off appliance special buys, like the GE Stainless Steel Gas Range, a Home Depot exclusive, with convection oven, nonstick griddle, and extra large burners. Now for just five ninety eight, that's over four hundred bucks in savings. Shop our lowest prices of the season only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only while supplies last. See store for details. Valid six twenty one through seven twelve. Worry less with Liberty Mutual Insurance. Oh, I'd be a nervous wreck if my daughter just got her license.
5: You know, Liberty Mutual actually helped me relax a little bit.
0: Liberty did what?
5: Yeah, with roadside assistance. Liberty Mutual is there to make sure she won't get stranded. Don't know what I would do without it. Sounds better than the alternative. Which is... Keeping her home until she's 30? (laughs) Visit us
1: online to get a quote. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Optional 24-hour roadside assistance coverage. Coverage is underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company.
0: 1700 KBGG is the big talker in Des Moines with Dave Ramsey
6: talking about your money and your life. You can do this. You know, that really is a message. Whether you've got $270,000 in student loan debt or $27,000, whether you've got a $50,000 income or a $500,000 income.
0: Dave Ramsey, weekdays 9 till noon, sponsored by Mediacom Careers. Count it down. 3, 2,
8: 1. <laughs>
0: Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio.
1: Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and TC. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We continue until 3. Uh, John Bonenkamp will join us coming up in the 2 o'clock hour right around 2.20. Uh,
3: so we'll get into some hot conversation with John at that time. Right now we're going to talk college football, a different variety, though we might sneak in a Hawkeye question with Ben Kercheval, CBSSports.com. And he joins us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Ben, what's going on down in Texas?
4: Nothing, man. It's hot. (laughs) Hot.
3: (laughs) Well, we got a cooling period up here, but uh, I don't know if you've heard. A storm is brewing up in Ames. Let's start right there. Uh, And one of the games that people have been talking about a lot, uh, early point spread was released out in Vegas with Iowa State and Texas, and Iowa State just a three-point underdog there. Let's start with your thoughts on this offseason for Matt Campbell, and we'll get into a little Longhorn talk after that.
4: Well, I, I, I get the point spread. I mean, it's the big game, so I, I understand that. I, I, the, the thing about Iowa State going into year two with, with Matt Campbell is, you know, I look at him last year, and, and I didn't get to see him a ton, the time, but you know, from what I was able to watch, Matt Campbell's a good coach because he had him in position to win some games in the first 30 minutes, what you don't really have at this point are a lot of dudes who are capable of, of really finishing those games. And, and so it gets a little bit out of hand in the last uh, second half of the game. And so uh, you just have to build from that. And I don't know that you can necessarily do that in two years when you're at a natural disadvantage like Iowa State is from a recruiting standpoint, when you have to play everyone in your conference and every other year you're doing five road games like Iowa State is doing. I mean, going to a round-robin schedule has just been brutal for Iowa State and and Kansas. I mean, I think those have been the two programs that have really suffered the most uh, from from that change. So there's just a lot that you have to do, and I don't know that you necessarily see any type of significant improvements until you get to about year three or year four. Mm -hmm. By that point, it's actually their program. So – the, but, you know, I, I know that they can play hard. And I know that they've kept it close with a lot of teams. So I, It's not surprising to me that, that, you know, point spreads would be close. And I think their win total is even like five and a half or mm-hmm.
1: something It is yep. going
4: into the year. I, I'm going to put it at, at just under, but I I I think it's interesting that Vegas is, is that optimistic that they really are half a game away from, you know, they'd say, well, you know, let's maybe push him at six. I mean, I, I think that's that's a pretty interesting jump for year two. I, I would still go with that under, but I, I do think that it's it's closer to bowl eligibility than not for them, I will say that.
1: In the, in the Big 12, as the uh, guys start to gear up and start to get ready for practices beginning in August, how do you see the Big 12? Is it Oklahoma and then everybody else? Is it Oklahoma State in your mind? What's Texas going to do? what What is your feeling right now for the Big Twelve?
4: Well, Oklahoma should be the favorite, even without Bob Stoops. But it, it's Oklahoma State's a team du jour. I, I think Kansas State's going to be a lot better than what Vegas has their win total at. Okay. And I think you're talking about a Big Twelve that, again, when you don't have divisions and everyone's just going around play each other, I, I tend to think. Especially when there's not an ultra- elite team, and there aren't many out there in college football, you know if you're not talking about an Ohio State or an Alabama or a Clemson or, or somebody like that, I, I think the big troll tends to get really bunched up at the top, because I think there's probably about four teams that have a real crack at that. So Oklahoma is obviously one, Oklahoma State's the other. Like I, I said, I think Kansas State is gonna be, is going to be a, a much more experienced team this year. And, uh, and and they get four home games, or I guess I think three home games against uh, the Big 12's projected top teams, and then uh, and then you know TCU's been building, and um, they've had it a rough year two years ago. They kind of rebounded last year. They're experienced, Kenny Hills back uh, at quarterback, so I, I think that they have some pieces in place to have a big jump over the past couple years. And I, I don't think necessarily Texas contends for the title, but certainly I think. Tom Herman can orchestrate, you know, a three-game swing in the in the positive direction for them. I mean, they they got better on the sidelines with with his acquisition. So I think you're talking about three or four teams that, that have a real shot at this thing. So it's and then, and then with the introduction again of the Big 12 Championship game, you don't need to finish first at the end of the regular season, right? You just need to be one of two, and then it's a one-game season from there.
3: Ben, uh. It's been pretty easy. You pick who you want at the top, and at the bottom you pick Kansas. And you've been right more times than not uh, since back in 2008, the last time they won more than three games in a season. A week ago, though, their, their athletic director uh, makes an announcement to an athletic de- a group that they're going to go through a $300 million stadium renovation. What's going on here? Is this a Kansas <coughs> program knowing that, hey, we got to get football in order if realignment comes here in six, seven, eight years, there's that.
4: There's some force for the trees. Uh, subject matters happening there. There's also it right now. The facilities and media rights. Those are the that, that's the two arms races mm-hmm. right there. And, and so it used to be that facilities was the only arms race, and then over the past you know however many years, five, six, seven years television rights have been the, the bigger arms race. And so facilities have kind of been sort of 1B or, you know, very close to or, or something like that. So it, it all kind of goes hand in hand. Um, if you're a place like Kansas, you have to find some kind of draw when you haven't had a, a history of success, uh, it, at least recently, and then when you're you're trying to bring athletes, to you know, the Midwest in a predominantly basketball school. You have to find a way to differentiate yourself somehow. You're not going to necessarily get four- and five-star kids, but you've got to start finding ways to get all the other athletes that aren't necessarily going to Texas or Oklahoma or someplace like that. And then as far as making yourself attractive for, I think what the, they're saying the D-Day for this is like 2023. That's when, when everything's coming up. and and they feel like the next big shift is going to happen in the landscape. Do you want to make yourself attractive? Yeah, but you also have to offer them, in theory, something in football, not necessarily in wins and losses, but you have to offer them something that gives you some balance to basketball. And, And In some ways, I do think Kansas is a little undervalued because we concentrate so much on football, everyone's like, uh, you know, they'd be screwed if, if the Big 12 disbanded. Well, not necessarily. If that was the case, Rutgers wouldn't be in the Big Ten. So, I, you know, you don't necessarily have to have this great tradition, but you do definitely want to put your best foot forward and show that you have some things going for you. And I and I think facilities and a renovation play, certainly plays into that.
1: Mm-hmm. Boy, you've got that right. Ben Kirchoffel is our guest, CBS Sports, uh, on the Draft House 50 hotline, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Ben, let's kind of uh, – jump around a little bit. Uh, everybody gets excited. The clown prince of all media days, commonly called the SEC Media Days, is only what, a week and a half, two weeks away? A couple of weeks away, couple something of week- like that, yeah. yeah okay. Do you what do you expect out of that? It's it it reminds me of a mini Super Bowl media scrum. Is that what it's finally becoming?
4: Well, there's no media days like SEC media days. Right? It's, it's almost like you could have media covering the media days. It's it's almost <laughs> become its its own show. And but it also, you know, it's great theater because where else do you get Nick Saban, who is college football's most powerful coach, and Paul Finebaum, who is maybe the most powerful voice at least in the SEC, mm-hmm. uh, if not all college football, getting into it like yeah. you know on on TV like that, and then. Even behind the scenes, I remember I think that was that was the story. it was either last year or two years ago, but uh, so it, it's just such an event, but I think the big thing out of that is they'll probably still talk some about grad transfers, you know Malik Zaire is, is, is now with Florida and and I think the lifting of not necessarily the entire restriction, but modifying it in a way I think you know that's going to be something the NCAA just released data today that grad transfers have gone up pretty significantly over about the last six or seven years so i I think that's definitely um the topic of conversation and then you know who's going to catch alabama right now it's you look across the coaching in the sec and you know six i think dan wilkin of usa today tweeted this out earlier like six seven years ago you know you had you had nick saban Urban Meyer, Mark Rick, Les Miles when he was on top of his game, mm-hmm. Steve Spurrier. I mean, you were going down the list, and there were great coaches. Now you look and say, well, who's, number who's the number two coach in the SEC right now? Who's really going to catch Alabama? A lot of people think Auburn has that chance. Maybe Georgia has that chance. So it's going to be you know, maybe trying to get an early gauge, an early pulse on who that number two team is.
3: Speaking of that, Alabama, it looks just that nobody's going to be able to catch them for the foreseeable future. But it all ends at some point. For Miami and that great run that they had, Florida State, USC through the early 2000s, it looked like it was never going to end for them. When do we start to see the the trickle back a little bit? Is it two, three, four years still down the line, or could it happen sooner than that?
4: Well, every time I see, I think, Alabama shows a crack. It's like they patch it and they come back stronger. So it's now they lost to Clemson, and you know, you know, Re- revisionist history tells us Nick Saban's never lost a game, right? Well, I mean, it's, it's At some point, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose, right? And, and 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 so they they faltered a little bit in the national championship game, but they come back reloaded. I I think as long as Saban is there. And there's there's been this whole thing, of like, well, when's Saban going to retire? The, the word on the street is that he, he's getting a little bit worn out, and, but he's still here and he's still doing it. And I think as long as he feels like he can win at this high level and and do the things the way that he wants to do it, you know, he's going to be a coach. So is that another five years? Yeah, probably somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, and then he's going to be getting into his 70s. And, you know, I think it's maybe a little bit of a different story. So – as long as Saban's there, they're going to be at the top of college football no matter what because after a while when you've had that much success, the system starts to, to run itself. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't stay on top of it, but the culture in place is such that it, 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 you've done all your effort up front and now, now the machine is running a little bit more smoothly. So as long as he's there, it's, you know, it's a machine.
1: We're having a conversation with Ben Kurchfield on the Draft House 50 hotline from CBS Sports talking a little college football. Okay. So, in your preview of the upcoming season, which Power 5 conference is going to be left out of the Final 4?
4: I'm going to say I'm going to say it's the Big 12 because I don't know that they have I don't know that they have an eleven win team. Okay. Um, again, I it's they have very good teams, right? Like Oklahoma's obviously very good. Oklahoma State's ex, you know, excellent. Kansas State I think is gonna be better. I, I don't know that they have that really high end team. Like you look at the SEC and on paper you can say it's Alabama. You look at the ACC and you go, on paper it's it's Florida State and, and probably Clemson. In the Big Ten it's on paper, it's, it's Ohio State in the Pac 12 on paper. It should be USD. So obviously the great thing about playing the season is that it can change, but I don't look at the big 12 right now and say Oklahoma, like that's a top five team right there. So it's, it's, I, I think with, and again, with the way that that conference plays out where everyone plays each other, it's just a little bit of a tougher road to get there.
3: Ben Kercheval, Hey, Ben, always good catching up with you. Enjoy that summer in Austin, and uh, stay away from those goofballs down there, okay?
1: All right, right, will do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. See you, man. CBS Sports
3: with Ben Kirchival. Uh, always good stuff from him on the Draft House 50 hotline. And coming up on the other side, the yep. question that I've been teasing, Gene yes, Brinson. And you've done well with that. Is Kirk Ferentz legendary? All right, now, do you have to qualify legendary?
1: Are we just talking... In Iowa sports, or are we talking
3: nationally or regionally? How are you going to qualify? Well, this started with Pete Futek from College Football News as he was putting together a Big Ten preview, and okay. he threw Kirk Ferentz in the legendary category of coaches in the Big Ten. Okay. And there was some pushback from it. So this is more of a, a national scale. We can localize it, a local scale. We'll talk through it. Okay. We'll do it on the other side. If you have any thoughts, you can join us also. five one five two six four. 515 264 1700. That's the way to get involved. Again, 515 264 1700. You can also get a hold of us on Twitter at Trent Condon and at Jimmy B Radio. Back with more from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. It's Jimmy B and TC. The big
0: games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station
6: for news, talk, sports. 1700 KBGG. you soon.
5: At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. As many of you know, severe weather and hail swept through central Iowa and the Des Moines Metro. Wolf Construction was here long before these storms, and we'll be here long after. We're much more than a pickup and a ladder. Our roofing team is here to serve you for years to come. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. You don't need more sports, but you want more sports. Rockstar Satellite can fix that with free next-day installation on DirecTV. Call Rockstar Satellite 515-262 star.
2: Call today for next day installation. 515-262 star. Ace
0: is the place with the helpful hardware folks. It's the 4th of July sale at Ace, now through Tuesday only. Buy 2 gallons of our top paint brands Valspar, Clark & Kensington and Royal and get the third gallon free. That's right. Buy 2 gallons, get 1 free. Plus, the paint experts at your local Ace will ask the right questions to make sure you get everything you need for your paint project. So hurry in now for the buy two, get one free paint sale only at Ace. Limit two free gallons of equal or lesser value. Prices may vary. See participating store for details.
7: Get to JCPenney for our 4th of July sale. Save up to 40% on major appliances from brands like LG, GE, and Samsung. Plus, get up to a $500 Visa prepaid card when you purchase more appliances. And get 30-month special financing on purchases with your JCPenney credit card. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Available in select stores. Some terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Financing terms balance 621 to 712 on purchases of seven ninety nine dollars or more. Must request a time of purchase. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. Limit one Visa prepaid card by mail as a rebate per address. Except in Rhode Island. C store or jcp.com slash appliances for details. Just announced, during the Ford Summer Sales Event, get 0% financing for 72 months, plus an additional $1,000 on top of your trade-in. It's summer's hottest deal on vehicles like Ford Focus, Fusion, Escape, and Edge. Offer ends July 5th. Take on Summer Right with Ford, America's best-selling brand. And save big across a full lineup of Ford vehicles. Get 0% financing for 72 months, plus $1,000 on top of your trade-in. Hurry in to the Summer Sales Event, going on now only at your Midwest Ford dealers. Best selling based on 2016 sales. Not all buyers qualify for Ford credit financing. 72 months at 1389 per month per 1000 financed, regardless of down payment. Trade assist cash requires trade-in of 95 or newer vehicle or lease terminated 30 days prior to or 90 days after delivery. Not available on Focus RS. See dealer or go to buyfordnow.com for complete details. Take new delivery from dealer stock by July 5, 2017.
4: I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun
3: from his nightstand.
4: I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head.
6: She killed herself.
4: And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to
6: rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility.
0: When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? Amid the chaos? Or is the best time, perhaps, today? Go to ready.gov
8: communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.